Listen to the word of the Lord. Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it. Verse 14 of Matthew 7, for the gate is narrow and the road is hard. That leads to life. And there are few who find it. Say many. 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 Say few. Which way is hard? You know the little quote, if it were easy, everyone would do it? That's what the kingdom is a little bit like. If it were easy, everyone would do it. It's New Year's, and this is the time of year when many of us are making our resolutions. How many? Many of us are making resolutions. We're reflecting on our previous year. what we didn't like, what we did like, and we're reflecting on our next year, and we're saying, what matters to me less than last time? What matters to me more? And I do not want to load you down with more goals. In fact, I would like to release from you more goals. Make less goals this year. Don't make a whole bunch of resolutions, please. Because my guess is the more goals you make, the less goals you'll keep. Make only a few goals and make sure they hit right at the core of your belly and not something you're going to try for a little bit. Tired of that nonsense. We don't need to do that this year. Have you ever tried to make goals that don't come from deep in your gut from who you are? They don't last. You ever done something out of obligation to the people around you that you hate doing, that you're not good at, that you don't enjoy, and that isn't very meaningful? And then the more you do it, the more you resent the people who asked you to do it. Until finally you quit when you work up enough nerve to say no. And then you feel bad about it normally. I want to encourage you to create a narrow path in your life where your answer to most things is no. If you're going to do the kingdom thing, your path must be much more narrow. You're only going to say yes to a few things. And your yes is going to mean something. Your yes is going to cost something. So just reject the 90th, we're going to read the whole Bible and we're going to get fit and we're going to lose weight and we're going to be better at home. We're going to cook more. We're not going to buy as much pre 
fabricated stuff. We're not going to use the microwave at all this year. We're going to cook more. Everything's, we're going to make our own noodles. We're going to use the thing that Renette and Rick gave us, and we're going to make our own noodles. He does make noodles. <laughs> we're not going to do preservatives, and we're going to take our vitamins, and we're going to get up at 4 a.m., and we're going to seek Jesus. We're going to be better parents. We're going to spend time with each kid, and we're going to go on date night, and we're going to save money, and we're going to pay off the mortgage, and we're going to get a new car, and we're going to memorize the whole New Testament. <laughs> Bro, aim small. We're going to lose 30 pounds. Well, it's going to be easier to lose the first 15 since you just gained them over Christmas. And the way to lose them fast is just to get a horrible stomach flu, you know, and cough and get COVID and cough till you get abs, cough a lung out getting abs. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's a wide group of people right now making all sorts of resolutions. Very few of them actually will stick to it. And very few of the things we're committing to really matter having eternal value. But if we're going to say yes to Jesus, it's going to be an upstream kind of a thing from culture. But look, not only is it upstream from culture, it's against the grain of a whole lot of stuff inside of me. This is the season of the year for self-help, self-improvement, new resolutions, new year, new you. But Christianity isn't self-help. It's not in the self-help section. It's not pop psychology. It's not feel better about yourself. Christianity is self-denial. It's a big yes to Jesus. It's a surrender and faith in Jesus. It's life is in Jesus, not if I craft my life just right, then I'll find life. No, it's I'll surrender completely to Jesus. And even if it looks like it doesn't work, I'm still going. Even if my prayers aren't answered, I'm still all in. Even if I don't get breakthrough in the stuff that I've been seeking God for breakthrough in, I'm not backing down. I'm not changing my mind. And I'm not going to be moved from the hope of the gospel. I'm serious, guys. Like, there's a thing going, go, that goes around and tries to get into us where we pray when there's a problem instead of pray because he's good. And I love him and I'm seeking him and I want to know him. And as soon as you get saved and then you get into the church, then, then it's good that when you have needs, you pray. It's good that when you have needs, you pray. But if we're not careful, we'll pray when we have needs instead of pray because we're alive and there's life in him and there's beauty in him. And my life has value and meaning. And I wake up every morning, the beloved of God, and I'm on a journey to know him. Let me keep reading. Verse 15, beware of false prophets. So we've already figured out the wide road's not for you. You're not going to go with the crowd. You're not going to make a hundred commitments. You're going to make one commitment. It's going to be a real simple one, a real narrow one. It's going to be straightforward. It's going to be me. And if you're going to make a resolution, please make it be, I want to know Jesus. Amen. I want to know him better. And that's going to take time. Yeah, Verse 15, beware of false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. Where you put your clothes on? The inside of your body, the outside of your body. Come on, be real. Outside. So outside, they dress themselves up, these false prophets. The outside of them looks good, looks Christian, looks godly, looks beneficial, looks helpful, looks biblical, but inwardly, they're about themselves. 
They're selfish. That's what ravenous wolf means. I want to eat the sheep. I want something from you. I want to take advantage of you. I want to get something from you. Beware. That's interesting. He doesn't say don't even worry about it. He says beware. Beware. Be careful. Be careful. You have selfish leaders and you follow them, you'll get selfish yourself. If they're using God to get something and they're using you to get something, they'll train you to use God to get something instead of use the gospel to be transformed into love. Okay. You'll know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns? Are figs from thistles? Or, or figs from thistles? In the, that's hard to say in English, by the way. That's probably harder to say in Greek. I struggle with pronunciation sometimes. Every good tree bears good fruit. Every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree can't bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. I feel like I'm reading Dr. Seuss. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will know them by their fruits. There's a day coming when the, re- when the inside parts of all of us are going to be exposed for what they are, and then that reality will judge us. Jesus won't have to say a word. He will, but he won't have to. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes we act like Jesus arbitrarily picks ones he wants for heaven and ones he doesn't for hell, and that's not how it works at all. The reality of what we have become speaks for itself. Inside matters more. So be careful not to follow people whose, whose real character is lacking. Christianity is not an not a escape hatch from consequences. It's a path of transformation so I get to become what I'm made for. Right? Nod your head, right? <laughs> Christianity is not, I, I want to live however I want so I, and then be forgiven and go to heaven later. Uh-uh. Of course not. That's misery on earth and then we think heaven later. No, it's heaven on earth now and heaven later. I keep thinking about what Amy said about depression. I keep thinking about what Amy said about depression because I do believe you can be a Christian and go through depression. And she was saying, no, you, no, you can't. And I've been processing the complexity of what that, what that looks like and what that means. Because a Christian, a genuine Christian, trusts Jesus, right? Yeah. And then the, the, when we trust Jesus, there's joy and hope, and peace in believing, right? Now, can you have joy and hope at the same time and on the same day that your heart is broken about other stuff? Can I be heartbroken about this thing, but also rejoicing in this thing on the same day? Yeah, I can, and so can God. So I'm just still processing that whole thing. You know what I mean? That's so intense. Okay. I don't know why I had to say that out loud. I probably didn't. Next verse, verse 21. You see, Jesus is building something. Most, this is going to be, I didn't know this was controversial until I said it and Christians got offended at me. Most people go to hell. I'm just, look at this passage, right? The way to destruction is wide and many are on it. We said it, many. The way to life is narrow and only a few find it. Many, few. And then I looked at that and I said, it looks to me like most people go to hell. And the the Christians I was standing with said, 
how dare you say that? And I'm like, I'm confused about how you could read this Bible and not say that. And then he goes on to even say that just because you're in church doesn't save you, doesn't he? He says, beware of the false prophets. It's, and we act like if you vaguely, if you claim va- some sort of vague belief about Jesus or you've ever prayed a prayer, I'm like, dude, he's talking about actually, actually following Jesus is hard. And if you don't do it, then you don't have the reality. And we're acting like if I ever once prayed a prayer, then I'm definitely in. I'm like, come on, man, we're just thinking different about this thing. Right? Okay, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. What about those who sing to him, Lord, Lord? Does that count? What if all week long I do whatever I want to do, and then on Sunday I repent, quote, unquote, and then Monday I get back to myself, sinning? Do I know him? More importantly, does he know me? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one. So not everyone, not everyone, not everyone. Similar emphasis. Bigger group of people is saying, Lord, Lord smaller group of people is actually doing the will of the Father. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. So what is faith? Is faith saying a prayer? Or is faith willing a surrender? Jesus says, if you speak to the mountain and believe, it'll toss itself in a lake. What if we speak to the mountain and then say, well, we spoke, so we must believe. And he says, did the tree, did the tree, did the fig, did the fig tree wither? Did the mountain move? He's literally looking at fruit to see if there's faith. Am I wrong? I'm telling you, we say, I came, I sang, I prayed, I must believe. He says, is your life bearing the fruit? Then maybe, maybe there's not faith yet. We actually comfort people with false promises that they have faith, they don't. Oh, you prayed the prayer, you're in. Are you with me? Am I saying something scary today a little bit? No. We, we, we go, okay, pray this prayer, then you're in. And Jesus says, surrender your life. It will be transformed, and God will, will create the character of Jesus in your life, and that will be the evidence that you believe. Okay. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven on that day... Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? And then I will declare them, I don't know you. I never knew you. Like you talked to me, but you didn't, I didn't have access to you. 
You said things to me, but I didn't have access to you. Yeah. It, it, this doesn't actually scare me. This, I have always loved this truth. Like, since I met Jesus, I have loved this. Because my goal is to know him. And he's affirming that if I want to know him, I'm going to know him. But if I want to play games, God won't be tricked. God's not tricked. And that, there's something really sweet and precious about this. I get to know him. But it also indicates something about prayer, doesn't it? Prayer's not just bombarding heaven with my needs. It's actually listening and obeying to the whispers of God coming my direction. That's prayer. That's prayer. And then the next passage, or the next chunk. So it's first chunk. Gate is wide to destruction. Gate to life is narrow. Second chunk. You can fake it, and you can be fooled by people who are faking it. Third chunk, serious, doubling down on that. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't fool yourself. Watch out for people who are fooled and are trying to fool others. Don't be fooled yourself. Fourth, par- fourth paragraph. Everyone then, oh, so therefore, since this is the truth, since most people miss it, and it's possible to even pretend to get it and fake it, here's, the, here's his conclusion. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them. Amen. You got to hear, but then you also got to do. You're definitely not going to be doing if you're not hearing. So if I say, how's your prayer life? And you're reading no Bible, dude, you're in trouble. You're in, you're in deep trouble. How, like how much time are you giving to all the other crap you're filling your heart with? but you're not giving Jesus 30 minutes, listening to his voice, reading his book, talking to him about it, getting on your knees and being honest about what's going on in your heart. Right? I'm like, dude, there's, there's, there's going to be downstream consequences. Eat a bunch of fatty foods, then shocked that I'm overweight? Come on. That shouldn't surprise anyone. Binge a whole lot of TikTok and Netflix and YouTube Take in nothing of God's voice. Just entertain and, and, right? Just social media away those itches in your mind because you're so deeply depressed and unhappy and hate life. But that's what you've now, like that becomes what you do as soon as you can. Instead of talk to God about the pain that's underneath that makes that hunger so, so strong. Because I'm telling you, we avoid God when we are avoiding ourselves. It's possible to get out of addiction and not fill that void and say, now I'm free. But until you meet the original void the addiction was trying to fill, you're not free. Because addiction was never your biggest problem. The hunger for love and meaning underneath the addiction was the real problem. Are you guys understanding what I'm trying to say? Yes. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them, first part is hearing, second part is doing. How can you do if you don't hear? This is not an anti-read your, anti-read your Bible passage. There's too much talk and not enough walk. We got to leave. We skip going to church. We don't need to go to church. We need to live this thing. Come on, man. Are you crazy? The likelihood of you doing the word of the Lord without church and without daily like, time with Jesus alone, with no one around that you schedule, is just... Yep, it is. It is. It is. 
You're, you're floating. You know what I mean? You get, I'll do that when I feel like it, because then, then it will be relationship. It'll be religion if I do it on a schedule. Are you dumb? You eat on a schedule every day. Yeah, but I get hungry. Oh, boy. I feel like I was just mean when I said, are you dumb? Sorry, guys. I'm just, I get very upset at this allergic reaction to the discipline that will get us to do, to tell our body no and our soul to shut up so our spirit can be in charge for a change. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Like, my soul matters and I'm not going to ignore what it needs, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to obey my soul. Especially when I'm going through heartbreak, I'm not going to obey my soul. I'm going to keep my armor on in the middle of heartbreak. Like, there's some stuff we don't want to face, we don't want to think about. There's some stuff that our, psycho- our brain, our soul's hardwired to defend against the pain so bad that sometimes we will put things in compartments and lock them away and not look at them for 20 years. And one, the day's coming if you're, if you're really close with Jesus where he says, I need you to unlock that door and look at what you're actually feeling. Because it's hurting you even though you don't want to face it and be hurt by looking at it. The whole time you're not dealing with it, you're carrying it around, and it is hurting you, and you're, you don't want to look at it because it's going to be too painful to look at it. But you're believing lies about the world and yourself, and you're carrying all this pain because you won't look at it. And you have all these coping strategies and coping mechanisms built into your life because you think that if you will open it up, look at it, and then scream at the top of your lungs, that you won't be able to live with it. Meanwhile, if you would look at it and scream at the top of your lungs, the Holy Spirit would be next to you saying, Amen. Every time you'd scream, Ah! He'd say, Amen. Amen. Ah! Amen. Why would you let this happen to me? Great question. Thank you for asking. God is so okay with the things in your closet. He's not scared of them. He, he's not scared of your reaction to them. You know what he's worried about? You not looking at them. You not dealing with them. Me not dealing with them. Me just spending a life seeking comfort because I think comfort is healing when comfort's not healing. Comfort's good if it causes me to trust him enough to then allow him to open the door so I can get healed. I've gone on too long. So let me try to shut this down. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. Guys, if we wait till the... Let me finish reading the passage. Let me read the passage. It had been founded on the rock and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them, does not act on them. You just hear and you just hear and you just hear and you don't arrange your heart, arrange your life, take the action that you know. Not some crazy action someone else took somewhere else. The action you know, you know you're supposed to take. Everyone who hears these words and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Guys, is, who does the storm come to? It comes to the one who did what Jesus wanted and it comes to the one who didn't. Sometimes we in the faith 
church, sometimes we act like if the storm comes that it's the devil and he must be out to get me and he's really been beating up on me lately and I must have opened a door or maybe, maybe I was seeking God and that made the devil put me on his radar for the love. He doesn't care about you or me. All he, he hates everyone. The storm's coming to everyone. And it's never about you or me. It's always about the kingdom. He doesn't even care about you or me. He only wants to stop the kingdom. That's all he wants to do is stop the kingdom. And I bet the more you talk about him, the more you line up with his agenda. I bet the more self-pity we have, the more more it proves his, his accusation before the Father. Poor me, poor me, poor me. I can't believe this is happening to me. If one more thing happens, I can't take any more. Can you believe this and this and this and this? How de- I, this is such bull crap. I deserve better than this. And if you heard yourself say, I deserve better, you'd go, that, now that's theologically incorrect. But well, then why are you so upset? Because if you cut the root of living for me at the beginning of the Christian life, then you can say, okay, every single thing is an opportunity for me to go, all right, I trust you, you're still working. This is not what I wanted out of my life. This is not, but I said my yes to you, and that surrender was real. It wasn't fake. I wasn't surrendering to get something else from you. I didn't step on Jesus' head to get my will done, because that's not faith. I say this when, well, they don't really invite me anymore. Maybe you could pray about that. I say this whenever I go to Teen teen Challenge. I wonder what I did, Cody. (laughs) Actually, I kind of have three ideas about what I might have done. But I used to tell those guys, like, you don't come to Jesus to get your marriage healed. You don't come to Jesus to get free of drugs. You don't come to Jesus to get whatever. You come to Jesus to surrender and get free of you in charge of you. Any other agenda is using him and isn't faith. Now, I'm not saying there are not some requests that that faith won't have, some specific requests. We have a lot of specific requests. There's some things we're allowed to cry about. There's some things we're allowed to pray about. But if that's my price tag, if I'll walk in first love, if God will do those things, but I'll walk in a despondent self-pity if he won't, come on. Right? That just proves I'm still, I still love me more than Jesus. And that I'm holding my life as my own property. It's mine. How dare he not make it the way I want it to be? Meanwhile, the storm comes to everyone. And what the storm does is it proves what is built. And guess what? If you know there's a hurricane coming, how many, how many builders, I'll ask Rusty, how many builders, when we see there's a hurricane of brewing, go to Lowe's and start to dig a foundation? We know it's going to be raining. We know the wind's going to be 50 to 75 miles an hour. We know it's going to be going sideways. We know trees are going to be down, but we're going to be out there laying, pouring a foundation in the rain and trying to stick build up the frames of a house. When the storm comes, friends, it's too late to build. When do you build? You prepare. If daily you're with the Lord, if daily you've been setting aside time to sit with Jesus and be real, listen to his word and actually take it in. Because how do you do? He says hearing but also doing. Well, how do you do I am the righteousness of God? How do you do God made him who knew no sin 
to be sin for us so that in him I might become his righteousness? How do you do God's working all things together for my good? How do you do that I'm clothed in the righteousness of Christ and I'm without a single spot or blemish in his sight? How do you do truths like he delights in me? He's for me and not against me. How do you do Words like, I am with you always. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. How do you do that? How do you put that into practice? You believe it. You talk to him like it's true. You let it be the answer to the stuff you're freaking out about. That's how you do the promises, the revealed gospelings. See, New Year's resolution is not, I'm going to seek Jesus and I'm going to make a life for him. No, I'm going to get with him and I'm going to let him fashion me. I'm not the one doing it. I can put myself here. I can put myself on the potter's wheel. But, but it's grace that forms and shapes me. It's Jesus who actually makes this thing real in me. So that when the storms of life come, and they will, then what he built will stand. I'll still have hope, even if I'm crying. I can still have peace, even if another part of me is like, help me, Jesus. I'll still say, help my unbelief, which is at least a little seed of faith. Even if I'm saying, help my unbelief. Oh, man, don't do this motion. That's the joke my grandpa told me when I was a kid. You know this joke? No, no, right there, right there. I'll tell you the joke my grandpa told me. We went fishing one day. I got to, sh- Linda, come up here and I'll tell this stupid joke. Are you hearing what I'm trying to say today? Yeah. It's 2023. It's a brand new year. Please don't make a whole bunch of goals you're not going to keep, but can you make one big goal that actually matters? I'm going to seek your face, God. And you're going to make my life real so that the hard things that will come on everybody, they won't break me because you will have formed something real in me because I've taken in your word and I've actually done it. If it's an instruction, you'd simply go do it. If it's a promise, come on, help this. I'll tell you, my, my thing is just like, I am the beloved of God. That is my thing, guys. It's a real simple gospel. I wake up, God's kid, and I'm beloved, and it's not my fault. I didn't do it. Jesus did it, and now I'm in. And I wake up, and I get to seek your face. I don't feel like seeking your face. It's the morning. I don't even know if my prayers feel like they're getting through. Who cares? They're getting through because he hears because he's a good dad. I doesn't look like God's plan is working out for my life, but I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. I have pain in my body, and I'm not going to pretend I'm already healed, but I can tell you I'm contending for healing. Like James says, if you're sick, call the elders to pray for you, which means we're allowed to admit that that we're sick. We're allowed to admit it. That's not opposed to the idea of, by faith, I'm healed. No, I'm contending for it. You'll know I'm healed when when it actually manifests. Until then, I'm contending. Okay, back to the joke because I know you guys would rather hear that joke. I got fishing with my grandpa, and he told me this joke. First guy walks past, limping. What happened to you? Oh, got it in the war. Oh, got it in the war. Okay. 
Next guy walks past, his arms up. What happened to you? Got it in the war. Oh, okay, got it in the war. Third guy walks past doing this with his fingers. Did you get that in the war too? Nah, I got it in my nose trying to figure out what to do with it. All right, reel it back in. <laughs> that was a really good message. Don't, don't end it that way. 